Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Low Vision. My name is Dr. Bill Takesta, and this program is brought to you by the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. And as it approaches the holiday season, I know that many of you have questions of what would be the best gift to give somebody with low vision, whether it's a child, it's an adult, or it's a grandparent. We're going to talk about different types of ideas that may be helpful, and we will place this on the CCLVI webpage at www.cclvi.org so that others can hear it. And also on the show this evening to assist me is Mr. Julian Vargas, who is a very, very valuable resource for a lot of handy tips and also technology. So welcome to the show, Julian. Thanks for having me on again, Dr. Bill. Yes, can't believe that it's already that holiday season where it's time to start writing that list, huh? Yeah, where'd the year go? I know. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I think the thing that's really just so so popular this year, it really seems that, in my experience working with our patients at the Center for the Party Sighted, it really seems that the iPhone really seems to be the most popular tech item this year. And uh, with the release of the new 4 iPhone 4S, uh, that really is something that's new, and I know that you're an owner of one. So uh, why don't you let the audience know about the new iPhone 4S, and maybe yep. you could then list some of the applications. You know, people could buy people the applications for a very, <clears throat> very affordable price, and that's a great gift. So why don't you tell us a bit about that? Yes, I would say the iPhone 4S uh, would make an excellent gift. It's an excellent gift. Uh, however, you know, there might be those who say, well, you know, I'd like to give somebody that gift, but I don't quite have the money to do that because when you buy it, uh, even subsidized, the the lowest priced version of the iPhone 4S, which is the 16 gigabyte one, uh, will run you 199 plus tax. So it's about roughly it's in the 250s uh, when you get out the door with the thing. So that might be a little steep for some people. So one thing I would suggest right off the top is that uh, more than one of you can go in on this sort of thing. If you know somebody who's low vision or blind who, who would really benefit from an iPhone, you can all pull together and do that. Uh, and even uh, iTunes gift cards, uh, very popular things. You know, you can all get, get the person iTunes gift cards and they get enough of them and they can buy an iPhone 4S with a contract. Yeah, I think um, that... Uh iTunes gift card or even just an Apple gift card so that it could contribute to helping a person to buy that iPhone 4S is great. But I know yeah. that there are a few people listening today that are really seriously thinking about getting an iPhone for uh, a relative. And why don't you tell them, I know you have the new 4S with a Siri, and tell them why that is so much better than the older iPhones. It is so much better because it uh, makes it so you don't have to do so much typing with an on-screen keyboard, which to some people, myself included, uh, can be a little bit, a bit of an annoyance sometimes. So while in the past I haven't been a big fan of things that you speak to, I have to say that Apple really has done a superb job with Siri and in general with, with uh, voice recognition integrated into the operating system. Uh, we've all heard of Siri, of course, where you could ask her to do all kinds of things. Uh, some of the really useful things, however, that Siri does for me is, for example, if I need to know where I am real quick, instead of opening up a GPS app to find out that information, 
I can simply hold down the home button for a second. It beeps, and I can ask Siri, where am I? And she will then come back in a few seconds, and she'll show this is where you are. Now, it shows it in the form of a map on the screen, but if you touch the screen, especially around the middle of the screen, it will actually read out the location that it tries to geolocate you to, so the nearest address or where it thinks you are on the block. And it tends to be pretty darn accurate. I think they're using Google Maps with it, and Google Maps is very accurate with, with address location. So that's one very useful thing. Another uh, thing that Siri does very well is setting timers, reminders, alarms, etc. Again, instead of having to open up the clock applications to do these things, now you can simply talk to Siri and say, Siri, uh, can you remind me to pull the cookies out of the oven in 10 minutes? And she'll do that. She'll set a timer. You confirm it. And 10 minutes later, she will beep at you and say, take the cookies out of the oven. Uh, in the morning when, when you know you're going to get up at a certain time, you could say, Siri, can you wake me up at 6 a.m.? And she'll set an alarm for 6 a.m. And that's it. It's done. Your phone will wake you up at 6 in the morning. That's amazing. Uh, it's really like having a personal assistant with that phone. It really is. <laughs> you can also have her look things up, definitions of words, uh, and Apple continuously is adding to this. Right now, Siri is technically a beta product, which means that, uh, you know, we Apple's very smart. They're, they're one of the few companies I know of where they can actually get people to line up to actually pay to be a beta tester instead of the other way around. <laughs> so we are beta testing, but by doing so, we are making the product stronger and better. Um it's, it's just really neat, all the things that um, that she does. Just incredible. Uh, but besides Siri, the uh, the voice recognition is integrated into the operating system. So before, many people used the Dragon Dictation app that was free on iOS, which is a great app. But the problem with it was that uh, you had to always use the app to do all your your dictating. So if you wanted to write a text message, you would open up the app, you would tell it, give it the instruction to listen, you would speak your text, then you'd have to um, interact with the screen a little bit to get the text, edit the text, make sure it was to your liking. Then you would have to push some buttons to let, uh, to let it know that it was an email, a text, or a Facebook update, or a Twitter update, whatever, and have to do that. Well, in the case of text messaging, you can send out that text message but then the person responding is – the response message is going to come back to you and open up the messaging app on the iPhone itself, which is fine and cool. But now if you want to respond to that person using your voice, it meant that you had to exit the messaging app, re-enter the Dragon app. So that was complicated. Now, every uh, on, the, on the iPhone 4S, on the keyboard, just to the left of the space bar on the screen, there's a button called Dictate. So you activate that button, you speak, and then you signal it when you're done to stop recording. And instantly the edit field that you were just in is populated with the text that you dictated. And just like you did with the Dragon app, you would dictate, you would edit it, make sure it was to your liking. But now you could just hit send from the messaging app itself. And when the response would come in, it would come into the same screen. You wouldn't have to change anything. And if you want to respond again, uh, you go to the edit field, and again, find that dictate button, and you're good to go. So it's it's just much better. It does it well. Uh, Looks-wise, is not much difference. All the difference in the iPhone 4S is under the hood. It has a faster processor. It has more RAM. 
which basically means the phone is snappier, works a little faster, has an 8-megapixel camera, so it's a little better than the one that was in the iPhone 4, and uh, it's, it's a very good device. And even though we do say that it is somewhat expensive, and as a holiday gift, you know, I think that it is expensive, 200 to $250, um, it really does so much. Now, what about people who might already have an iPhone? What can you say about some recommended applications, and how much do these applications run that you really like? I know that one that's really popular is Look Around, and it's it's less than five dollars. Yes, it's uh, just under five dollars, uh, and that's a beauty, by the way, of the iPhone. So when you think about that, this device costs that much money. You got to also think about the access that the device gives you. Uh, a lot of these apps that I'm going to talk about were formerly things that you had to buy standalone products to do at tremendously higher prices. Uh, for example, a, a blindness-specific GPS, you take something like Mobile Geo or Sendero GPS, you're paying, what, $1,500 for that thing? And that's all it does with GPS. And granted, it does it well. But now with the iPhone, you can buy these apps like Sendero Lookaround, which is great for uh, learning what intersections you're near and finding some points of interest nearby, and it's under $5. You can buy, if you want navigational GPS, apps like Navigon, which uh, normally sell the U.S. version, I think it's around uh, $50. You can often catch it. Last year when I bought it, I got it on Black Friday, and I bought it for 29 So uh, that's a good day to search the app store for discounts. Uh, and if you don't even want to pay for it, I think, what is it, MapQuest has a free GPS up out there. And I've been reading that that's fairly accessible. So uh, there you go. You, you have Your choice of free apps are very low-cost apps. And when I say low-cost, I mean relative to the cost of standalone products. So yeah. there's a lot of good stuff out there. Uh, another one I highly recommend is the LookTel Money Reader. Uh, I think it now sells for about 9.95, if I recall. When I first got it, when it came out, it was about 2.99. But the reason why it costs more now is because it reads more than just U.S. currency. It'll read euros, it'll read Canadian dollars, it'll read Australian, and I forget which other ones. But they are constantly adding to that list of currency that it will recognize. And again, uh, just to keep in mind that last year at about this time, we were all raving about the uh, the little portable uh, money identifier. That was sold for, uh, for they used to sell for ninety nine dollars. So when you think yeah. about it, for but that, for, that's for 10%. also still that's also still a great gift if somebody does. Oh, it is. Not, oh, absolutely is. If somebody does not have the iPhone and you want to help somebody who has difficulties identifying their currency, there's a device that is called the iBill, and the iBill is about the size of a pager or a, a cigarette lighter. And it has a little slot where you could just insert the bill. You press a button, and it will tell you if it's a 1, a 5, a 10, or a 20. And where do people um, find that at? How can people find the iBill if that was a gift they wanted to give? Uh, they could go to the company that makes it. I believe it's Orbit Research. Uh, if you do, I think it's orbitresearch.com. You'll probably go into Google and type in iBill and find all kinds of vendors. Uh, nowadays, it's, uh, a lot of people carry it. Another thing about the iVil that's also very handy is that it, it it can give you the information in more ways than just speech. It can give it to you by way of a number of beeps, series of beeps, or vibrations. So uh, for someone who is deafblind, uh, this device is very useful. Now, as far as for people who might want to give uh, a friend or a family member a gift so they can purchase some of these applications you talked about, 
Um, what would be the easiest way? Is it something that they would purchase a gift card from Apple, or would it be iTunes? That's probably the easiest way to do it, is to buy an iTunes gift card. And you can buy them at any Apple store. Or uh, recently I bought one at my local Vons store. Uh, Vons here in Southern California is, is, um, is owned by Safeway. So maybe in your area it's called Safeway. Uh, they sell a variety of gift cards. Uh, something a lot of people don't realize is that when you need to buy gift cards, instead of going to the mall and going from store to store, you can go to certain, some of these supermarkets, and they can have a whole variety of them right there. So you can buy iTunes gift cards that way, and that's probably the easiest way to give somebody the opportunity to purchase apps. Another thing that you can do with specific apps is when you go into the app store and, you get, and you're looking at the screen that gives you the information on the app that you're considering, there is an option there to gift the app where you can give it to someone as a gift. And I would imagine that you probably have to enter their, uh, you have to know their iTunes ID and, or their email address. And it, you can pay for the app, and then they will probably get notified that they now can download this app free of charge from the app store. Yeah, that's great. That's really wonderful. And these types of applications that you're talking about, some of these applications, they could also work for people who have other phones called Android operating system cell phones? Yes. Um, they, you, of course, go to a different place. For Android, it's called the, uh, the Android, Android Marketplace. And if you go into Google and just type in Android Marketplace, you'll be taken right to the page. And it's similar to iTunes where you can go and browse apps. The cool thing about Android is that when you select an app from the marketplace, you can actually the link can be sent to your phone and it'll automatically install itself. So if you own an Android phone and you find it easier to browse the marketplace with a computer versus doing it on the handset, that's one real convenience is you can send yourself apps to be downloaded and installed on your phone. Uh, that's wonderful. Yeah, so it sounds like, you know, all of these things, whether it's going to be a new iPhone 4S, uh, that's uh, probably one of the top listed uh, desired items for a holiday list. Number two would be any of these iTunes gift cards so that they could buy the applications. But number three, I think something that's a little bit less technological is something that is just a basic illuminated hand magnifier. You know, nowadays they have developed many new magnifiers that have a very, very bright light. And with a new type of light bulb, it doesn't use as much electricity, so your batteries last much longer, and you don't have to replace the bulbs very much. Many of these types of magnifiers are made by either companies such as Eschenbach, another company is Advantage, and another third company is Mag Pocket, Pocket Magnifiers. And with this particular type of pocket magnifier called a power mag, people can have many different powers. So another thing that you might even consider is to get a gift certificate to allow a person to purchase one of these types of different magnifiers. You could often contact a low-vision optometrist, or you could contact a low-vision agency such as the Center for the Partially Sighted or the Braille Institute, or in New York, you have the Lighthouse. And this is a way that a person could go there and they could purchase one of these types of magnifiers. I don't really recommend that you would go out and purchase one for them unless you knew the exact power that they need because there are so many different powers of magnifiers and 
each person would need a particular type of power. But these magnifiers, you can definitely get these magnifiers for under $100, and they range in magnification from about 3x all the way up to 14x. So that's a real, real nice type of a holiday gift for a person who is partially sighted. Now, Julian, getting back to the tech end of it, I know that a lot of young people and also middle-aged and older people like me who use the computers and use other instruments, we always like to have memory. Um, what, what can you share about different types of memory if we want to store something on our computer, uh, whether it's a USB drive or a SD memory? What's the price of some of these types of holiday gifts? Well, it's really nice because the cost of memory, as time goes on, just continues to go down and down and down. So um, you can buy so much memory now for very little, and there's many different types. I think one of the more popular ways of having removable media is the SD card. And you can get, I've seen on Amazon, for example, you can get 64 gigabyte SanDisk SD cards for somewhere around 80 to $85. I saw that they even have a 128 gig SD card, so they're they're getting pretty good about cramming a lot of memory into these little devices. And the SD card is so nice because it just easily fits in a pocket. It's 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 so small. You could probably fit many SD cards in one pocket. <laughs> and most computers nowadays come already with an SD or card reading slot already on them, so um, it's almost as universal as USB. But if you don't want to use the SD card or you don't have that slot, uh, USB is another good option. There's a lot of USB thumb drives out there that work really nice. And, again, you know, they're, they're relatively cheap, at least compared to how, memory, how much memory used to cost. And, of course, you have um, – you can go to, to full-blown external drives, hard drives, uh, and they're astronomically <laughs> uh, high in terms of the storage. You can get two or three terabyte, you know, <laughs> and just just to put that into perspective, a terabyte is uh, what uh, 990 over 999 uh, gigabytes. <laughs> so that that's a tremendous amount of storage, and you can get like two terabyte drives now for uh, sometimes under a hundred dollars or right around there. Wow, that's so, so amazing! That is so. Amazing. I would recommend browsing sites like Amazon. They're really good. Um, and if you don't want to browse, or if you don't want to buy online, if you're a little uncomfortable about that process, uh, one little tip I found is a lot of stores, and in particular Fry's Electronics here in Southern California, will actually price match uh, sites like Amazon. So a lot of times I actually like to go and, and buy. You know, I get a little impatient. You know, I don't want to wait in the mail for two or three days for something. I want it in my hands today. So you can go to Fry's and find the thing you want, and you can have them price match it. And if they see that it's lower on Amazon, they'll actually match Amazon's price and sell it. You can walk out the door paying the Amazon price. Wow, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And, you know, if you talk about these SD memory cards, that's what's really nice is that with the SD memory cards, they look a little bit, little bit smaller than the posted stamp, but a person can use that on their notebook computer or if they have a home desktop computer or a Macintosh computer, they could use it. But people could also use that if they want to use it in their camera, if they're taking pictures. And they could also use it on their different music players, can't they? 
Yes, they can. Although for, for some of the uh, some of the smaller things, like a lot of the cell phones, they use what's called a micro SD. Which, if you think an SD card is small, you ought to look at a micro SD. It's about the size of a fingernail, and I think you can get them as high as 32 gigabyte storage on those things. And just to put it in perspective, though, even if one were to purchase one that only has eight gigabytes, eight gigabytes would be a couple of thousand songs, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And eight gigabytes, it's pretty cheap. Uh, you don't pay that much for that. Because yeah. the, the, high, the higher price ones are, of course, the ones that hold a lot more. Yes, I think so for an eight gigabyte card, that might be a nice stocking stuffer that you might be able to find for under $10 maybe at this time of the year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And just to give a recommendation, uh, there's a lot of companies out there that make these cards, but... I have found and also have heard from people as well that uh, the brands that you want to go with are SanDisk and another one called Kingston. Those two are really good brands. Uh, they make a good product. And I have personal experience with with SanDisk because I had a, uh, a micro SD card that one day, for whatever reason, it just uh, stopped working. And it stopped working probably about a, a few months after I had purchased it. And I was able to contact Sandisk and make arrangements with them to send them back the uh, the old one, and they sent me back a new one, and it was pretty fast. Oh, yeah. I think that's really important, too, that you do purchase one that is going to have a good reputation because the reason you have these memory cards is because whatever you put on it, you don't want to lose it. And uh, even though they may have a great return policy, you just don't want to lose your data. <laughs> right. And speaking of that, I can make another quick recommendation because um, backup is so important these days. And there are a lot of uh, services out there that offer what's called cloud storage backup, which basically means that you're backing your stuff up to a server out there on the Internet somewhere. Uh, there's a company out there called Carbonite.com, uh, and for – Around fifty something dollars a year, um, they will actually give you unlimited backup to your computer, your internal, your computer's internal hard drive, which can be very valuable if you ever have your computer crash, your hard drive fails. Uh, you know that all your data, all your important data, is backed up to that, and you can access it from anywhere. And let's say, for example, you store some music up there or some data that you want to get to from a different computer or even from a, a smartphone, you can actually log in to Carbonite from any device and have access to your files that way too. Wow, that's, yeah, you know, that's even better because you could be any place and retrieve that information you need or if you want to show a photograph and you want to download a, a, a music or something, you can retrieve Absolutely. that from any place. So if you want to get somebody a, a gift and you know that they have a lot of prized pictures or important data, you can always get them a year subscription to Carbonite, and I think they'd appreciate that, too. Yeah, Julian, I would like that as a gift. <laughs> Don't so would I. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, another nice type of holiday gift for the holidays for people with low vision is, again, something less technical, but these are sunglasses. Now, we know that most people with vision impairment have problems with glare. It really is sort of a double-bladed sword. If there's not enough light, we cannot see. If there's too much light, we also cannot see. So there's a brand of sunglasses, and it's called Cocoons. 
And what's really nice about the cocoons is that this is a pair of glasses, sunglasses, that look really, really stylish. Young people, teenagers, they love them. They think that they look like some of these popular Oakleys and Revos. For people who are middle-aged, they just really like the stylish look of them. And these sunglasses, they wrap around sort of the side of your face, but they look stylish. They don't look like the old-fashioned, low-vision sunglasses. So we find that many, many people really, really like these. And when we look at the sales of the different sunglasses, this by far is the number one selling sunglass. If a person already wears glasses, these glasses are really very smartly designed so you could even wear them over your existing glasses. This eliminates the added cost of buying another prescription sunglass. They come in different colors. They have them in a yellow. There's also an amber, a copper type of brown, and they also have gray. These lenses are also Polaroids, so it helps people with reflected glare. Or let's say that you live in the East Coast and it's raining and the sun comes up, you get that kind of reflected glare. The polarized lens will reduce all of that. I guess the only difficult thing would be to know what color would work best for the person that you're going to try to give it for. But for most patients, we find that the gray or the bronze work best if the person is very sensitive to the sunlight. And for people who are having difficulties of not being able to see low contrast, the amber or the yellow tend to work best. But these are things that are about 30 to $40, and they're, really, again, very, very stylish, and you could purchase these at one of your low-vision centers or through your doctor. I'm certain that any of these doctors would exchange it as well. They make the cocoons also for children. So if there's a child who wants to play out in the snow but it's too bright, this is another really great, great kind of gift idea. Now, Julian, what kind of games and board games or video games um, have you found that might be helpful for some children who might be visually impaired? I know that sometimes kids have difficulties playing all the video games, but, you know, there's other basic games that we all played when we were young. Are there any that were your favorites that you could recommend? Oh, wow. Um Games I, I, I don't do that much of, but I remember as a kid when my vision was better, I used to love playing Atari. <laughs> it was so much fun. And I think they actually have, uh, as apps out there, games that simulate those old video games. I know on my iPhone, I actually have uh, some games. Uh, I've got one called, it's called Smack Me. And what's cool about that is that it's uh, you don't need to see to be able to play the game. Uh, it's going to tell you to do certain things. So some of the, the things you can do are smack me, which is where you tap the screen. Shake me is where you shake the phone. Pinch me is where you do the simulated pinching motion on the screen. Uh, when you go to the advanced level, they have things like lift me and freeze and things like that. So it's a, it's a fun game for, for learning um, coordination. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I know another game that I recommend for a lot of my patients, a game that is called Bop It, B-O-E-I-T. And it's a device that looks similar to maybe a a baseball bat or a, a bowling pin, and it has levers where you could twist it, pull it, and there's another area where you could bop it. And the idea of the game is that you have to kind of do what the person in voice says to do. So a little song comes up and it tells you, bop it, twist it, pull it, 
and the kids have to keep up with it. So I know that even my kids, uh, their friends come over, they're, they're high school and college kids, they still really get a big kick out of that game. And I'd say it's probably between 10 to $20. It's not too affordable. But that's something that a child who has no vision or who has perfect vision could play it. Another yeah, type of a, a nice game that I think is also kind of nice for kids who are partially sighted that if they can have some level of vision, there's a real basic game that many of you may have played. It's sort of like tic-tac-toe, but it's a board, and it's called Connect Four. And this is where there's a bunch of different buttons, and you put them in a grid, and you try to compete with your competitor and get four of these buttons of your color in a row. So that's kind of a good one. Now, Julian, oh, yeah. I know that you're also familiar with some higher tech for some kids who are computer savvy, that there's even flight simulators that can be used for people who are blind. Is that right? Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, at the Best in Tech conference that we just uh, did on Saturday, we had a guy who was demonstrating that. Uh, he was using uh, the Microsoft simulator along with another software package that makes it accessible and he was over there simulating a flying a 727 <laughs> like you often landing and showing people how it worked uh, it was a little difficult because some of it is actually where you interact with your voice almost like when you're speaking to the control tower as a pilot and in a noisy environment there was a little bit of issue with that but he was able to actually simulate taking off uh, from one place and landing in Burbank or someplace like that it was pretty good so they oh, do yeah. have things like that yeah, he had quite a crowd around, and, you know, that's one of the more difficult types of computer games to play, and for him to be able to do it with just his voice was just really something that was really, really amazing. I know another thing that a lot of uh, my kids and, you know, the college and high school students are really interested in now is Netflix, Netflix, uh, where they could downstream these movies. You want to tell our listeners a bit about Netflix? Yeah, Netflix is really cool. I I think it's the the TV of the future because what's really nice about Netflix is that you pay one monthly rate and you can watch all the movies you want on this thing. And what you're doing is effectively streaming the movies from their server. And they make devices that hook up to your TV that are that are actually Netflix capable. Uh, some of the video game consoles will do this. Um, I think the Apple TV is supposed to do it as well. There's something called the Roku box that'll do it as well. Uh, Google TV, uh, I believe, it does it as well. So um, you could uh, you pay this one monthly rate, and you can watch whatever movie is, is um, in their library. And from what I understand, it's, it's, a, it's a humongous number of movies that are available uh, and downloadable. So as long as you've got a high-speed Internet connection and you can hook up one of these devices to your TV, you can watch Netflix movies. And I think you could also watch them on your iOS devices as well. Yes, and what's really, really nice about it is that the monthly subscription, it's under $10 if you want to just simply stream some of these television shows and movies. You know, think about what you pay for cable. In fact, the the, the younger people today are uh, is a movement that's taking hold. It's called the cord cutters. And what they're doing effectively is cutting cable or satellite or, you know, the older traditional ways of getting programming and going to services like these 
where they pay a monthly rate and it's lower than you know, much lower than cable when you think about it um and you can watch whatever movie you want whenever you want unlike before where you, if you subscribe to HBO or Showtime or any of these channels you watch the movies but it's at whatever time they're showing them you don't have control over it yes it's it's amazing and this company Netflix they have really put a lot of other companies out of business, Blockbuster Video and Hollywood Video, because rather than renting a video, one movie for $5, for probably $8 a month, you could stream and watch all these other movies. And what I really like about it, they have a lot of the other older shows that I grew up with, things such as Ozzy and Harriet and some of these older shows and yeah. my kids get a kick. They can't believe that I really like these TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> now, another type of thing that's also a nice type of holiday gift idea for people who are partially sighted is something as simple as a flashlight. Now, I know it sounds not too exciting, but there are some very, very exciting flashlights. And one of the best and most affordable flashlights that I recommend is something that's called the Maglite. Now, the Maglite looks like those types of flashlights that the police officers use, and they come in different sizes, and they also come in these really different colors, so they look really, really cool. They have some where you could put 4D batteries in there, and this is a very long flashlight that's very, very bright. But the one that I like to give to people for stocking stuffers is one that they call the mini mag light. And this one, it holds two AA batteries, and it would fit very easily in your hand. It's probably about five inches long or so. What's really nice about it is that it has one of the brightest lights available. So you could use it if you're trying to help yourself to see if you're walking up and down steps or curbs, or if you're trying to see the keyhole to place your key in. And I know that when my vision was at a very, very middle ground situation, I would use it in hotels to try to read the room numbers. Uh, so it was something that's really, really great. I think they're about $10, and you could get them at Target or Walmart. And what's also nice about them, they do have an adjustable focus. So you could have either a wide beam light or you could have a narrow beam light. And I used to just keep that in my pocket. It also comes with a lanyard cord if you want to keep it around your neck. I connected a little key ring to it so I put my keys on it so I wouldn't lose my keys. But I also found it to be helpful when I was doing things around the house. Uh, if I was trying to fix something, it would help me so that I could see the screw head so I could get the screw driver in it. And I also would use it when I was trying to cook fried eggs in the morning. It gave me more light so that I could see if the eggs were ready to be turned over and things. So a mini mag light is something that I, I think that you could really give as a stocking stuffer, and anybody of any age would like it. Now, Julian, what about, um, can you talk about the most basic types of digital recorders? So if a person wants to make some messages or record a lecture, and then maybe you could talk about some of the more advanced recorders that also would play electronic books. It's so funny. You read my mind because I was just thinking, digital recorders, that's a good one. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
<laughs> some of the you can go to Radio Shack and they sell some really neat little recorders. Uh, the ones I recommend are by a company called Olympus, and they have a whole variety of them, including some that actually have speech in them. So it's a talking menu, so a totally blind person can use them. Uh, some of the higher-end versions of those will actually take memory cards as well. And I remember at the CSUN conference uh, earlier this year, I saw that they had some that could read Daisy books. And at the time, they didn't have them do the ability to authorize them for NLS, but I would imagine that's probably not too far off in the future. Uh, so they, they'll vary in price. It just depends on the amount of memory that you want in them. Um, so I, I recommend them. I used to use them all the time as well uh, before I got into some of the, um, the digital book players and recorders. Um, and as far as those go, uh, there's some really good ones out there now. The one that I use a lot and still like is the Book Sense by uh, Hims. Um, and they make two versions of it. They make a basic one that uh, takes SD cards. It does not have any kind of onboard memory. Or, uh, or radio device or anything like that in them. And then they make one that's called the BookSense XT, <clears throat> which does actually have a built-in FM receiver and also has built-in 4 gigabytes of memory along with the ability to use with an SD card. Uh, the Victor Reader Stream by HumanWare is a, is a popular uh, digital book reader that works very nicely as well. It does not have onboard memory, but it does also take an SD card. And as I mentioned before, you can get the... 32 or 64 gigabyte SD cards nowadays. So that's a lot of books, and you can use these to read books from the National Library Service of the Blind if you're registered. Uh, you can read Bookshare. You can read Audible books on them. Uh, there's all kinds of books. These things will read documents as well. If you get a book in document format, you can read them that way. So they're really good, and, and they do tend to be a little bit more than the digital recorders we were talking about earlier, but they do a lot, including the ability to record. Um, the BookPort Plus is one that uh, was talked about recently at the Best in Tech, which is a really good recorder that uh, has a lot of neat functions and editing capabilities with the recording that you make. There's a lot of good variety of choices out there, and they're all pretty small, the kind of things that can either fit in your pocket or um, in a bag. And you can carry them with you easily. And they're good for doing anything like grocery lists or if you want to take down some information that somebody's giving you when you're on the go instead of trying to write it down. If you're low vision or if you're blind instead of trying to get a plate and stylus real quick or something like that, you can just whip out one of these recorders and record the info real fast. And then you can get home and transcribe it to whatever form you like. Yeah, and they, they start at about $300, would you say? The the book readers, yeah, I think uh, I think so. Yeah, I believe that the uh, they start in the, in the three hundred range and go up. So these are things that not only do they allow a person to read all these different types of books, but um, a person could also listen to all of their favorite music. They could store just thousands and thousands of songs of music in there. 
And I know that what I do with mine, it's funny, when we go to different types of parties and things like that, everybody is pulling out their cameras, taking pictures, and I pull out my little uh, Victor Reader stream and I make recordings. And it's kind of nice that you could record a lot of things that people are saying or the laughter and all the different funny things that people say. So uh, it's really, really helpful. As far as the little portable Olympus that you talked about, what's about the price of some of those that you think, let's say a person just wanted to get one that would do recording of messages and lectures, um, what would that be? Would that be under $50? Yeah, I, I would think somewhere in the 50 to 100 range you should be able to find a decent one. Yeah, wow. That's Yeah, that that's really, really a very, very helpful recommendation. You know, I know that this week, too, maybe it's actually today, Julian, that the new Kindle Fire uh, was released. Is that right? Yes, yes I, I believe that's a, a new uh, a new one to hit the, uh, the the arena. Yes, and this is, could be a really nice gift if there is a person that you know who loves to read large print books. If a person is visually impaired but could still read large print books, this device is called the Kindle Fire is an, an option. What this allows a person to do is that they can buy what are called e-books. And with any e-book that a person can purchase, it will then be automatically downloaded to their little Kindle Fire. And the Kindle Fire is about the size of a pocketbook, but it's much, much thinner. It has the thickness of a comic book. So a person could download the books that they purchased. Some of the books are even available for free. And with this, the user could then increase the size of the text. So this is really convenient because if a person tries to buy some of the large print books, by purchasing a large print book, it may be 25 to $30. And with a Kindle Fire, they can then convert an electronic book into a large print book. They can change the style of the font. They could also use that same device if they want to read newspapers and magazines. And they could literally carry uh, hundreds, perhaps even a thousand books on this device. And I believe that it it starts out at about $199. So this is a, another good way that people would be able to read. For a person who is really very serious about reading ebooks, Julie, maybe you could share your thoughts about the iPad 2. Yeah, the iPad 2 was going to be the one I would suggest as well. Uh, because it's a brighter screen than uh, than some of these other ebook readers that, that are out there. So for someone who who needs a brighter screen and maybe needs to change the the contrast, uh, one of the nice things about iOS is that they have the built-in accessibility. And one of the functions is where you can invert the text. You can make the background black and the writing white. Which for people who have a vision like mine, it's very important. It's the only way that we can read things. So I like the uh, the iPad for that reason, is that you can do that with it. Uh, you can also use the Zoom feature, which is built in as well. Uh, the nice thing about Apple, it's all in there. You don't have to buy anything extra to make that work. And you can kind of use it almost the same way you use Zoom text or magic on the computer, just move around the screen that way by uh, using your fingers. Um, the iOS devices also have the pinch to Zoom feature where you simulate a pinching motion, but the reverse, where you're pinching outward, and I think you can expand the size of text or something, that whatever you started on, 
can be expanded or made smaller by doing the pinching or reverse pinching. So that, that's a good device. Uh, and it's good for much more than just ebook reading. All the stuff that I talked about with the iPhone before, you can do with the iPad. But it's just you have a bigger screen. Especially if you're going to watch Netflix or anything like that, you might actually like the iPad better because of the bigger screen. Yes, and with the with the iPad, you can again very easily carry it with you. You could bring the screen closer to you. You could watch your movies. You could do your email. You could surf the internet, and you could even use it with those applications that you talked about, huh? To identify your currency and use it as a GPS. Yes. So barcode scanning apps, all that stuff. A barcode scanning too. Wow, that's helpful. Yeah. Um, what's the price of the iPad too for the base model? They vary in price. I think it starts out at around four hundred, somewhere in that range. Uh, and they come in different. And again, it's all it depends on the memory that you want. Uh, the higher the memory, the more you're going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Well, and do you feel that do people really need to have a lot of memory for the average person who wants to simply read books or music? Do you recommend that they get as much memory as possible? or? It really depends on what they're going to do. If they're going to use their device to watch and store a lot of videos, uh, they have a huge music collection that they want to have access to via the the iPad. Then I would say yes, you want you want the more memory because uh, that's a, and unlike some other devices, there's no way to switch the memory the, the amount of memory in the device. There's no card slot or anything like that. So. I would always say buy the most that you can afford at the time that you buy it, uh, even if you don't think you need it at the time, because if you're going to use it to store a lot of things, you're going to want that extra memory. Yes, yes. Well, I want to share an idea that uh, what I purchased for myself for uh, the holidays last year is kind of a funny gift, but what I wanted to do is that I wanted to be able to barbecue a tri-tip and, uh, you know, being totally blind, I just said, gosh, you know, I don't want it to be overcooked. I don't want it to be undercooked. So I found out that there were talking meat thermometers. So I bought this talking digital thermometer from shoplowvision.com. And this is a fantastic device. It has a metal probe, and you insert batteries into it. You simply stick it inside your turkey or your tri-tip or whatever, and then it reads aloud to you the temperature so you know about how well is your meat cooked, and you could take it off the flames and put it into the house and let it sit for a while before you start to slice it. And this is a fantastic thing because I've always enjoyed putting things on the barbecue and standing out there with friends and, you know, trying to cook a chicken or a tri-tip or something like this. And this was something that was really a great gift because it allowed me to do something that I really loved. And I think that's one of the things that we think about. When we select a gift for somebody, I think it doesn't necessarily matter how much money we spend. It really doesn't. I know that if someone were to buy me a $5 SD memory card, I would be so happy because I would use it. I would like that much more than some of these really expensive neckties that I get that I probably wouldn't use because maybe they're too loud or what. But I think that for the holidays, try to think of the person that you're shopping for. What really brings them joy? Sometimes it might be something that might be electronic or high-tech. 
Other times it might be a low vision device. For other people it might be a gift certificate to get uh, their favorite hamburger or whatever that it may be. But I hope that this podcast here tonight just shed a little bit of light of some ideas of some of the more popular types of technology gadgets. So at this time, we'll open it up for questions. If anybody has any questions or if you want to share some other ideas that you have, um, let's go ahead and do that and unmute your phone by pressing star six and go ahead and either ask a question or share some of your ideas uh, during the next five or ten minutes. Does anybody have any suggestions? You want to unmute your phone and press star six and share some of your ideas of good holiday gifts? Hello, Dr. Bill. This is Tom Frank from Vermont. Uh, I originally got the Olympus with a 500K one, and it was and it was fantastic. I still use it occasionally, though I now use my iPhone 4S, which I love. I got two weeks ago. Oh, you did? It's really a good thing. Wow. Now, what is your favorite application on your iPhone 4S? I, I've gotten Sendero GPS. I use the Navigon. That drives my wife's nuts because I always say I think she's going a little fast, so I put it on. So when she goes 10 miles an hour over the speed limit, it says, caution. Uh, I almost find myself walking home when I do that, though. And But I did learn. Thank you very much. I'll ask Siri, where am I? And I love now playing with Siri. Um, but there's so many free apps out there. It's just just a fantastic phone, uh, and I like your idea of, of getting a couple of people to go in on it to help somebody. That was a great idea. Uh, great, great. Thanks for your feedback there, Tom. Does anybody else have any other uh, comments or recommendations of great holiday gifts that they have thought of that they could share with others? Okay, we'll take uh, a from Sarasota, Florida. And I was wondering if, um, not for you guys so much, but if anybody had come up with a really good microwave for someone who is totally blind. Tom or Julian, do you know of one? I I know that there was a time that I believe it was the American Printing House, I believe, that had, was it a Hamilton Beach microwave for the blind? But are you guys familiar with anything more recent I saw one advertised. I think the blind mice had one. It was for two ninety nine. I deleted that email the other day because I wasn't interested. But I think the blind blind mice mart. Yeah, I think, uh, well, they're, they're called now the blind mice mega mall, and that would be where I would recommend going to. They they have a lot of things like that. Mm, thank okay. You. And, Julian, how would she get to that? Do you have the uh, Internet, ma'am? Yes. So I think yes, if I you do. type in, I think if you type in www.blindmicemegamall, you know, all, all strung together as one word, but just as it sounds, mm-hmm. blindmicemegamall.com, uh, I think you'll get to it. Thank you. Yeah, and at, uh, at $300, Tom, that's what you recall? That's a really a great that's price. That's what I, I, I remembered seeing it. The other very cheap alternative is you get the little bumpies from the little bumpers on 
to close your cabinet doors and you get somebody that can see to go to put the those little bumps on the like the one minute timer and the stop button and on my microwave at home there's only two things I wanted to do I wanted to play one minute to cook one minute, two minutes, three minutes, I push that button and stop. Beyond that, there's nothing else I do with it. So my wife puts those on the right ones, and so you can help yes. people, I think, sometime for Christmas as well. That's, that's another Go idea. Um, locator dots. Those things are so useful mm-hmm. for a lot of things, not just microwaves, but I also use it on my toaster oven and on my regular oven as well. I've got uh, the temperatures marked with those locator dots, and you can get those at Center for the Partially Sighted or the Braille Institute, any any of these low-vision agencies that have a store. Yeah, I, have, you. I have used all these things because, actually, I, uh, I teach independent living skills, but I'm just always looking for new things that might have Braille labels or, you know, so that I can tell people about them if, in fact, they want to go that route. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Let's see now. I think that was it. Ellen, were you going to uh, share a comment? Was it Ellen or Sue? I, I I couldn't tell who I heard. I did. I'm Sue. I already did. It was Donna. I was trying to talk to. Yeah, go ahead, Donna. Okay, I have two things. First of all, um, maybe not so much for the holidays because you know. Well, I mean for the holidays, but what I'm trying to say is like there are. You were talking about the Kindle, but if somebody didn't want to be getting into spending a lot of money on like high tech, um, and for even for people who have low vision, just for their own selves, um, some libraries actually have um, like local libraries have book sales, and they actually do sell large print books. I went to one recently, and I came back with like two bags of books it ended up being 40 books um and you know like yeah i mean i was surprised they actually had large print books my mother went to the sale and she said i'm taking you to this book sale i thought great i gotta walk through this book sale with her because we were doing errands i thought great i gotta walk, walk through this book sale with her well she looks at all these small print books and i'm just walking along and and now they had all these large print books there, and she—that's why she took me because they had a whole big section. I mean, like a whole big table. So it's something to you know, like if people wanted to look into it, and that would be if you're if somebody you know you have the people that like to have a book in their hand, like a large print book, you know, in their hand they could take with them. So if they wanted to go. You know, like maybe they think they plan ahead and, they like, they shop ahead for Christmas or something. They might say, geez, let me see if any of these libraries have any of the, um, you know, the large print books. That's a great and the idea. Other thing I wanted, the other thing I wanted to talk about is with the Kingston, the, the other positive with the Kingston um, thumb drives is they work in the NLS player. Some of them... Some of the thumb drives do not work, you know, in in the uh, in the player, as some people or a lot of people have been finding out. But the Kingston are the ones that usually work the best. So, um, if they were talking about getting like a thumb drive, and people who do the downloading from the Bard site, they can get their books and put it on there, and you know, they where they go. Um, 
that you can get them pretty cheap from buy.com too, and they have a phone number that you can actually call. So, like, again, when you were talking about if you don't want to order online, you know, you don't want to, like, put your stuff out there online, you can call them and they'll, you know, do it over the phone for you. Yeah, do you have that number? Uh, I don't have the number, but you can find it on the site. Okay, okay. Well, actually, actually, I think, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I probably do have the number in the, like, receipts that I've had. I'll see if I can locate it, and I'll send that off. Okay. If I have an email address, I can send it. So for those of you who may not be familiar with what Donna's talking about, that the National Library Service, they do offer books for people who are legally blind, and they do give you a digital player. So one of the things that people will do is they will download the books they want to read on the Internet to their computer, and then they will put it on the USB thumb drive, and then they will then transfer it to their portable player. So Donna says that the Kingston works very well. If I may also just add, another really nice software program is called CDesk, and that's the letter C, D-E-S-K, for books. And this makes it very easy to find different books that you may want to download. The software program, I believe it's about $39. And if you're interested in getting that as a gift for a person who downloads a lot of books through the National Library Service, they can go to www.adaptivevoice.com. www.adaptivevoice.com. Does anybody have one last final uh, suggestion? Um, I'm Sue. I have a question. Believe it or not, I have several older friends who don't use email and the, the computer. And isn't there something that you pay so much a year? And what I'm thinking about, you can do it over the phone. I think I've seen it in magazines. You can do email actually over the phone. And it's it's. Um, I saw it in Braille Book Review a couple of years ago, and then I lost the information. But it's I think like twenty one dollars a month or something. And if somebody wanted to get somebody a subscription to that, Tom or Julian, you familiar with that service? Don't remember a lot of these things because I do email. I put them in the back of my mind, and that's it. That's yeah, exactly I, I... what I did. Julian? I know years years ago there used to be different things like that. The one that I used to use before I got a computer was called the OneBox, where people could send you an email and you could read it over the phone, and then you could actually record a response, and it would get emailed to the person as a, as a sound file that then they could play. Uh, I'm sure there still are services like that out there, but I, I haven't heard of them for a while. But I'm, I would imagine if you go to Google and type in a search for something like, email by phone or something like that, you could probably uh, get on the right track. Well, that's great. Well, you know what? We'll, we'll go ahead and do some research. And I just want to thank all of you for joining us, and especially you, Julian, for all of your insights on the technology for holiday gifts. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And uh, Mr. Dick Burden from Airs LA, i also like to thank you for taking the time to record this. And so we'll go ahead and we will be putting this podcast up on the CCLVI website probably within the next two to three days and you could also then find this along with many other podcasts including podcasts if you're interested in learning more about the iPhone and other technology many of these podcasts Julian has produced you can find all of these podcasts 
at www.airsla.org. That's www.airsla.org. Okay, good night, everybody, and have a great Thanksgiving.